Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis. This week we are on Unit 23, Session 1, titled Disciples Are Blessed, which is the first session in a new unit titled The Kingdom of God is in Your Midst. As the Jewish people waited for the promised Messiah, they expected Him to bring the promised blessings of the covenant, wholeness, a restored land, health, and prosperity. Their hopes weren't misplaced as much as they were mistimed. Many Old Testament promises explicitly held out the hope of restoration to God's people. So when Jesus came and brought healing over sickness and cared for people's needs, many associated His actions with being blessed according to the fulfillment of those promises. But these were merely signs of what was to come. What Jesus brought in the blessing of His first coming is greater than physical wellness and material prosperity. When Jesus blesses His followers, He brings the saving rule and reign of the kingdom of God to them while they wait for the consummation and restoration of all things at His second coming. But according to God's plan, the fullness and the blessings of heaven are reserved for those who first identify with Jesus' sufferings here on earth. So, in this session, we are taking a look at the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in which Jesus calls His disciples to live in such a way as to reveal God's glory to the world. And this will involve a reorientation of our priorities to align with those of the kingdom of heaven. In point one, we begin with the section of the Sermon on the Mount known as the Beatitudes, in which Jesus teaches how his disciples are blessed. Hopefully you will ask the introduction question about your group's perceptions of the word blessed. This will feed well into the subject matter of this point because Jesus speaks of His disciples being blessed nine times, and not one mention corresponds with the ways the world conceives of blessings. This goes to show how much our priorities need to shift and change to match up with those of the Kingdom of Heaven. Speaking of the Kingdom of Heaven, the sidebar on leader page 70 provides a succinct explanation of this biblical concept in case you need to help define the idea for your group. There is also a sidebar explaining the meaning of the word and concept of the Beatitudes. Believing that time in God's Word throughout the week is beneficial for your group members, and hopefully they have daily discipleship guides available to them, then they have easy access to five daily readings that set the stage for each week in the Gospel Project. These readings direct them to read a passage of Scripture and then reflect on and respond to it. You can encourage your group members to keep up with these readings through text or email, but you can also do so in the group time. The second suggested question in this point is drawn from the day one reading. Mentioning this connection will help your group members see the daily readings as important and valuable. It will also reinforce the design of the daily discipleship guide to help your group members spend time in God's Word ahead of time in preparation for the group time discussion. So hopefully you can take advantage of this opportunity here in point one. One last encouragement for this point. Try your best. I know this will be hard, but try your best not to spend the entire group time on this point alone. With the bullet point nature of the Beatitudes, it would be easy to spend a lengthy time on each one. But the commentary should help you provide a quick explanation of each one. If your group members want to dive deeper into discussion on these, Encourage them to gather as smaller groups, maybe one-on-one during the week, to discuss their meaning and impact for the believer's daily life. 
I say this because the next two points have equally valuable passages for exploration and application, and I wouldn't want these to get shortchanged or passed over. So in point two, we move on from the Beatitudes to see that Jesus' disciples are called to be the salt of the earth. Being that salt is a known quantity to us, it would be easy to discuss multiple ways salt is useful in our day. A couple that come to my mind, depending on your region, would be prepping roads to prevent snow and ice buildup, or keeping your drink glass from sticking to the napkin on a table at a restaurant. But if we want to remain biblical, and we do, then we ought to focus our discussion on the intention and meaning of the Gospel writer. The commentary on leader page 73 makes the case for taste and food preservation as being the primary purposes of salt in Jesus' day. And along with the purpose of taste, salt was a necessary additive for sacrifices made to the Lord in the Old Testament. With these purposes in mind, we can more faithfully discuss what it means for the church to be the salt of the earth. Be sure to make these clarifications before asking the question for this point in leader page 72. It will also be important to highlight Jesus' warning that salt that loses its taste is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out. Therefore, Christians ought to retain their distinctiveness from the world and not become contaminated with the impurities of the world so they can fulfill their mission of preservation in the world in Jesus' name. In point three, we see that Jesus' disciples are the light of the world. In the same way as the image of salt in the previous passage, the visual of light as a metaphor for believers is fairly straightforward. Light functions best when it is elevated, not hidden, because people cannot see unless light illuminates the space. To let our light shine as followers of Jesus is to do good works in Jesus' name so that our Father in heaven may be glorified. The temptation that will appeal to our sinful nature in this matter is to use our good works for our own glory. But if we are to be followers of Jesus Christ, then like Him, we will want to bring glory to our Father in heaven, because we recognize that all that we are and all that we have comes from Him. Letting our light shine in this way through good works will encompass and support our evangelistic efforts to make Jesus known throughout the world. Our mission and hope should be that people of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation would hear of Jesus' gospel and repent and believe in Jesus for salvation from sin and death, being rescued from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of Jesus, the Son of God. Long ago, God promised Abraham in Genesis 12 that one of his descendants would bring blessing to all the peoples on earth. Jesus is the promised Messiah, who blessed the world by laying down his life to provide forgiveness of sin for all who would repent and believe in him. All who trust in Jesus are called out from the darkness into the light. Because we believers have been blessed by God with salvation through Jesus, we should live as salt and light in the world so that others may come to trust in Jesus too. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.